It's the Criterion. It's the Criterion. 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 N. 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 Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Criterion Project. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend Conrado Falco. Yes, you are. He's right here. Ready yes. to talk. Yes, we are going to be uh, diving into our, our uh, deep family entertainment for this episode. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Black Stallion. Uh, this is yeah really fun for me i've wanted to see this movie for a long time um, and uh, so uh, it was it was really fun to get to watch it and uh conrado uh, have you been able to see anything else on the criterion channel uh in the last couple weeks um i i haven't i'm gonna be honest with you i've been so busy i've barely had time to go to the movies little to watch movies at home to do anything other than work and other projects so i despite having a long long list of movies that i want to see that are available on the criterion channel i have not been able to see any of them yeah i know it's so hard it's so hard uh well the one that i wanted to talk about and it looks like it is leaving at the end of february is the classic 1939 film Wuthering Heights and of course this is based on the classic novel and I I respect Wuthering Heights as a novel um, but it's not my favorite I I like Jane Eyre way better uh, than Wuthering Heights uh, but uh, the, the the standout of Wuthering Heights is just how well she captures just like total passion like both these characters are really narcissistic and and uh and self-destructive but they are really passionate about it and i think this movie uh captures that very very well um it's got uh, sir Lawrence olivier uh, in uh as heathcliff uh then moral oberon as catherine and david niven is in it and uh it's you know 1939 is often looked as the best year ever in the history of movies and uh so it it was nominated for eight oscars and the music is really beautiful they have really good chemistry which is very key to the story because uh they're both such jerks (laughs) (laughs) that you kind of have to buy uh that they are in love um and uh so yeah it's a beautiful film beautiful cinematography uh it's uh you know it, it's it's not my favorite story but it nevertheless is very well done and uh and this is beautiful beautiful music uh in it uh and you know it was up against oh, the wizard of oz uh so it's pretty tough um uh, as far as uh, that year but um but yeah it's uh it's a really great film that i recommend uh, especially if you are a you know classic literature fan as I am uh, that you should check it out uh, it's a really hard story to translate just because the characters are so unlikable uh, that it's tough but they do about as good a job as you can do wow all right yeah 
So, uh, but uh, we had the chance this week to take a look at the Black Stallion. Had you seen this movie before, or is it new for you? Um, no, it was the first time for me. Yeah, me too. I had heard about it, and particularly when uh, when Pete's Dragon came out, I heard a lot of people compare it to the Black Stallion. And I totally, now that I've seen it, I totally understand that comparison. I think there's a lot of similarities. I'm, it'd be interesting to know uh, from David Lowry if he, you know, if he was inspired, you know, by it. Because especially the, I think the first hour of this movie feels a lot like, uh, to me at least, feels a lot like the uh, Pete's Dragon. And I, I was really surprised. I had no idea that like the first hour was kind of a survival story. I, I had, I thought it was going to be more of sort of a, uh, more of a, almost more of a Western, but it's not at all. Uh, no, it's not at all. Yeah. And uh, so it was, yeah. it was really interesting. I wasn't expecting it. I had no idea what to expect and I didn't expect either of the halves. I, the first half, which is basically uh, yeah, a survival story of a kid who's a uh, castaway in an island with this horse. I did not see that coming at all. I had no idea that's something that was going to happen in this movie. And then the second half, it turns into kind of like a sports movie. And I didn't expect that either, mm-hmm. <laughs> just based on the first half. So this Me was too. a movie kept going into um, surprising uh, mm-hmm. territory, I would say. Yeah. What, were you, what would you say your overall thoughts about the film? Are? My overall thoughts about the film... Well, um, well, first of all, I think it's beautifully made. I mm-hmm. think it's, the cinematography is incredible, especially in the first uh, half of the movie. Um, the, the shipwreck scene and then everything that happens at the beach, I thought is so well done and, and it looks so beautiful, you know, like the horse running in the, in the shore with the kid and the ocean and, and all that. And then the second, the second half also has a lot of great uh, imagery. The rain sequence when they're like showing the horse in the rain and then the race at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was, that was very impressive to me. And, partic- and I, I mean, I like the movie a lot, even though I have like, a, there are a couple of things that make me a little raise my eyebrow, but we can talk about that later. Um, okay. But overall, I thought it was a really solid movie and especially i think the comparison that you were talking about to pete's dragon um i i agree that it really applies because something that is true of both movies for me is that they have a sort of a tone and almost like a restraint and an elegance that is very uh it's not very common in children's film especially Mm -hmm. american children's movies even in the 70s i would say it was not that common to have a movie that is this um quiet and this um you know that it doesn't have like you know uh funny sidekicks that make a lot of jokes and like gross out humor and things like that right like this has a very elegant tone that i think is very evocative very beautiful yeah i agree i said that i thought it had quiet pacing uh, there was something kind of, even when things were pretty stressful, uh, like for the mother, for instance, you know, it was pretty stressful. There was something still always kind of calming about it to me mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Uh, and just re- relaxing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I 
uh, I did like the first half better than the second half. Mm -hmm. um, I would but, agree with that. Yeah, but uh, but I don't know. It's still just very. This is a very thoughtfully made, very like trusting of their audience uh, mm -hmm. family film. Yeah, I think. I agree with you that that it has this sort of like quiet, relaxing uh, vibe, but I think it also, to me, has this very like a little bit of a melancholic vibe as well. Yeah. Like I feel like every character in this movie is so lonely in their own way, you know, like, and that's why it's so quiet, right? Like the kid. I mean, obviously when he's stranded on the island, but even when he comes back, he's like he doesn't have any other kid friends that we see. He's just hanging out with the horse and his mom. And then the Mickey Rooney character, who's like the horse trainer, he seems pretty lonely to live alone in this like abandoned house. And then there's the, the other, the old black man that rides the, the buggy. And mm -hmm. he also seems to be hanging out alone all the time. The mom is alone. Like everyone's kind of like very lonely and alone, you know? Um, it made me think of the... I don't know. Do you know the the painter Edward Hopper who did the Nighthawks and and all those like yeah I, mid century paintings of like people hanging out in these empty spaces yeah it made me feel a lot like that that's kind of like the vibe of this of this what do you say about yeah that? well and also like yes they're lonely but in a very calming way <laughs> like it, they they this is not a a movie for like grand theatricals you know of like. Uh, I don't know, like weeping and wailing kind of, that's not this movie. Uh, even though, you know, hard things happen. Uh, mm -hmm. Like even, you know, when he talks about, I, like for instance, uh, when the mom uh, is talking to the horse and says, thanks for saving, saving my son. I wish you could have saved my husband as well. Like that's the kind of thing that could be done with a very like theatrical approach you know it could be like that i'm more of a as opposed to just kind of a calming mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. thing i don't know if that yeah no yeah. i get i get what you're saying the movie yeah it seems like the movie really is more interested in going with the more subdued option whenever it has the option to go big or loud right mm -hmm. yeah that's it's kind of the what i got from it mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Even though, um, yeah, even though I would say the mom character was maybe one of the things that I was not so sure about. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that this, like, I really loved how the story was told, but maybe the story itself and some of the details, I was a little bit, um, I had a couple of, of, of questions about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I put on my letterbox a little bit jokingly, but also... Um, you know, the, the horse in the movie is called The Black, which I think is a name that maybe would not be used if the movie was made in the 2010s. Yeah. Um, just a little strange. But also, just the fact that the name was being called again and again made me think of, like, this is the story of, like, a black, beautiful black horse that is taken across the ocean to America and then it's made to, like, excel at sports. But it's, like, you know... Um, at the 
on the behest of like a little white kid and another an old white trainer and then the other black character in the movie is this old black man who like tells the kid you probably shouldn't race this horse you know i mean you should let it be wild but then the kid does race him and they win the race so i feel like there is a whole of like things that you could see into it if you're looking at it from a perspective that maybe the the filmmakers in the 70s were not thinking about or were like yeah. being a little you know so that's that, fair that's fair yeah so that's something that made me a little um I wouldn't say uncomfortable. That's too strong. But like some things that I was thinking about that were taking me out of the story a little bit, I would say. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I just loved the the cinematography. I thought particularly on the island scenes, uh, like there's uh, mm-hmm. the the scenes where you kind of, you see them like swimming or just playing in the water or <laughs> the, I don't know, just all of those kind of montages i thought were so well done and they could have kind of gotten lost in the mechanics of how he's surviving and maybe that might be distracting for some people of you know like how where's he getting food you know whatever yeah that's um, the, yeah <laughs> that's one of the other things that i was wondering about like how is this kid surviving on this island he has no food <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and and it's that's fair but i don't know i just I felt like that would have taken away from that would have taken away from the beauty of it, you know, to get down into the, the, I I, I was willing to sort of trust the director that, that he did and he found food and I, I didn't need, I don't know. I don't necessarily, I don't feel like I need every, I don't need to know why in every situation it, it was, mm-hmm. I I was willing to, I guess to spend my disbelief I guess yeah yeah I mean I was willing to go with it even though I did wonder about it and and I and I think it it's it's kind of a little frustrating because I feel like it would have been a bit of an easy fix like you can I mean there's the one scene in which he's kind of fishing um in the little pond I don't mm. know if you remember that but and I think you could have done something like it a little bit more just to like so that people are not wondering about it but I agree with you that the most important part of and the really great thing about that whole sequence, the whole first half really is, are those scenes of him getting closer with the horse on the beach and like mm-hmm. figuring the horse out. Right. And it, it reminds me of, um, in a very positive way of how to train your dragon, which I just watched uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago, the first one mm-hmm. and how a uh, hiccup gets closer to toothless, like a bit by bit. Right. And they, yeah. so the, and which is my favorite part of the movie. And it's also my favorite part of this one. Mm-hmm. um so well, yeah it was so it was based on a novel but it was adapted by one of the one of the writers uh it was melissa matheson and <laughs> she is the was the writer for et and i right. think that you can really sense that uh the, in both both of those films just a sense of uh just the sense of both films again really trust their audience and aren't afraid to make their characters um kind of uh i don't know vulnerable and maybe a little a uh, little bit morose like you said uh mm-hmm. both um i don't know i just feel like they're i could see the same writer 
by both those movies to me. Yeah, totally. I think she does a great job in both movies, especially of, of finding this bond between the kid and the and the creature, let's mm-hmm. say, right? Um, yeah. And to go back to what you said about the cinematography, I was shocked, and I mean it 100%, to realize when I went on IMDb and I saw that the movie did not get a cinematography nomination yeah. at the Oscars. I was like, I was... I could have sworn that it would have gotten it because like, how could it not? It's so beautiful. It did get a best editing nomination and it got an award for sound effects editing. I think it actually won best editing maybe, or did it? Or maybe I'm I'm wrong. But I know um, it won the sound effects editing for sure. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Um, But uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It also got, and he also got to make a Rooney for supporting actor. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that does seem crazy because the cinematography is so beautiful in this movie. And it's just a, a, a movie that really trusts its, audi- trusts its audience, uh, that it can, uh, that it doesn't have to cutify. I mean, I guess E.T. does have some sort of more cute moments uh but like with Reese's Pieces and things like that but mm-hmm. I don't know it's it's it doesn't uh they're both very uh they're they tr- they trust the audience to go these darker kind of places and uh and sort of more thoughtful uh mm-hmm. and because they didn't feel a need to kind of explain everything and just you know want the kids to kind of get carried away in this relationship uh and so i yeah i i i think she did really it's amazing this was her first movie that pretty pretty impressive debut i would say uh and so uh yeah what other interesting i loved the score for this movie i thought it was Mm -hmm. so beautiful and I, i was just a little trivia this score was written by Carmine Coppola, who yeah. uh, the is the uh, father really, of yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, and I had no idea he's the grandfather Nicholas Cage, Sofia Coppola, Roman Coppola, and mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Oh, you didn't no. know that the brother. No, Coppola? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that Jason Schwartzman was or Nicholas Cage. I didn't know idea they were all related. Yeah, yeah. I think Nicholas Cage, uh, he might be Nicholas Coppola and he just changed his last name for oh, as a yeah. stage name. I'm not sure, but I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, um, I but had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I, was like, hmm, I had no idea they were cousins. Who knew? Uh, yeah. That was interesting to me. But yeah, I loved the score. I thought it was so great uh, mm-hmm. in this and it really helped everything. And uh, it... I don't know. It was just a, it was just a beautiful movie, and uh, and definitely you could see its influence on so many films. Uh, not that it was the first one to do uh, a boy and a horse or a child and a horse movie. Of course, uh, that had been done many times, but I don't know. I just feel like mm-hmm. I can see that the impression of this movie in a lot of other films. Yeah, and director Carol Ballard, who directed this movie. Um, it was it was his first feature, um, uh, you know, non-documentary feature mm-hmm. that he made. 
And after it, he seems to have gone to have a career mostly as doing in other movies about uh, animals. You know, he did uh, Never Cry Wolf about the guy who goes to see the wolves in Alaska, I think. Mm-hmm. He did Fly Away Home. Which I love. Did... That's a beautiful movie. I remember loving the movie as a kid as well. And then there is uh, this movie Duma about apparently a cheetah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he hasn't made very many movies. Only six movies uh so yeah. that's interesting uh yeah. you made the nutcracker movie which oh, that one's rough uh yeah. <laughs> probably wishes they could forget that uh, and uh, Nut- nutcracker seems to be the movie that nobody can nobody can crack for lack of <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's a they're rough uh i mean honestly mm-hmm. i think the best nutcracker movie is probably the barbie one which is oh <laughs> i was just gonna ask you i mean i like that. i like the i i like you know i have a weakness for the barbie movies but i mean mm-hmm. that's bad if, if that's the best not not the best <laughs> well i was gonna ask you about that because i remember thinking as a kid my sister got the the first oh, really? that one, the Barbie Nutcracker, and I think that was the first one they did, right? And we yeah. watched it on VHS or whatever, and I yeah. thought it was pretty good. It and was pretty good. He got whatever came next. The the I think there was Rapunzel. a dragon and a Rapunzel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember not liking any of those, but just <laughs> thinking that the Nutcracker was pretty good. Yeah. So I oh, think it probably funny. has some moves. Yeah. <laughs> I could recognize as a kid. Like I I admire them for like what they did for what they are if that makes sense like on mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. such a, like they they could have just phoned in the movies like they're made for pre-k you know direct to dvd but they actually like tried and made them much better than they had any right to be but <laughs> it still shouldn't be the best one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway uh yeah it's mm-hmm. uh it, it's not it's not a not a great movie the nutcracker mm-hmm. but anyway but uh mm-hmm. but yeah flyaway home i absolutely love talk about another movie that really trusts its audience to the to, to deal with really tough topics of you know divorce and loss and and uh mm-hmm. and still be hopeful uh and uh, it, i i think uh not only peach dragon but also you know where the wild things are i think is another one that mm-hmm. you can see Definitely. Kind of the same type of respect for its uh, audience and its characters and yeah. not not afraid of those kind of tones which i just i love that and uh, uh so yeah it's 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 really it's really interesting and i know it's the kind of movie that honestly i could probably have on it's kind of a background movie and just uh, i don't know just kind of because it's not super plot heavy yeah but the only problem with that is that uh that you that if it's just in the background you might not look at all the beautiful images yeah. of of horse you know on the cliff looking at the distance the music swells <laughs> like all the right i think it's so um yeah it's a very well-made movie yeah i mean at the beginning of the movie it's almost like the black stallion is almost uh like a monster kind of uh, well yeah because mind. he's introduced as this sort of uh you know like untamable horse that is like the the most beautiful horse but also like the the wildest and the fiercest right mm-hmm. and and it's kind of like um, yeah i was saying the scene in which the horse is trapped in the with the ropes and on the sand and the kid frees him 
I, I was thinking like, I would never get close to that horse. Are you kidding me? No. The horse is like you're kicking all over the place, totally wild and angry. I would not have gotten close at all. And no. that's another thing that I thought that was like maybe it was a little too easy to cut those ropes because like clearly there were some safety issues and you couldn't have a kid come that close, you know, while filming the movie to a horse that was in that situation. But um, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, then you see the the bond between them and grow mm-hmm. and and uh, when he when I, when the horse goes out into the water after him when those guys uh, mm-hmm. find him mm-hmm. that was that was really well done that whole scene I thought yeah I'm very impressed with whoever trained the horses for this movie yeah I, I was gonna say best supporting actor should have been that horse <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and the I, I even though I think the second half isn't quite as good as mm-hmm. the first half, uh, I do think that final race was very tense. I I thought for sure he was going to get like bucked off or something like that. It was very. Uh, I thought they, you know, I love I love my sports movies. They're you know that's one of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know. I just I felt I felt I thought that that was very well done. That yeah. final race. I agree with you. I was going to say that if you if you didn't say it, that the final race was really, really exciting and it really ties everything back together mm-hmm. after what is like, I, I think it's still a pretty good second half, but just not as great as the first half. So a yeah. bit of a disappointment. And then, but it does pick up at the end with that race right. in a very cool way. Well, let's go through our questions that we have, our segments. We have, so uh, what makes this a Criterion film in your eyes? I believe it's an actual Criterion release, I think, this movie. Uh, um, what, what, what do you think? I think it is, I, I do think, especially in the Criterion channel, they have this submission which you've mentioned before of the saturday matinees and the finding movies that are family friendly that are not what the first choice for family friendly entertainment would might be right right so i feel like because i think there's a a big deal of struggling trying to find something that is that has quality for your kids to look at and i think a lot of people just default to like disney for example or companies that have that reputation and a lot of movies that are like either independent or that don't have the support of a whole brand behind them yeah uh don't get the the same opportunity so i think uh, the black stallion is a perfect example of something that is done outside of the usual channels for children's entertainment that is really has a lot of quality and has and has this sort of like yeah the a tone and a craftsmanship that adults will appreciate as much mm-hmm. as kids, right? And I think it, it truly will um, speak to both, to people of all ages, I would say. Yeah, and I think that the the pedigree also, you know, being produced by Francis Ford Coppola, being, you know, Melissa Matheson, uh, you know, some of the different, I think that helps because that's one thing Criterion, mm-hmm. you know, really likes. But also, you know, the fact that it is so influential on so many other films, I think that helps as well. And so, yeah, I think that there's lots of reasons why this would be uh, in the Criterion uh, Criterion Collection. And so, uh, where in your mind does this rank on the pretentiousness scale? What do you think? 
Um, I would say maybe uh, it's not very pretentious, but it's also not not pretentious, if you get what I mean. Like, yeah. I feel like for a kid's movie, it's got a little bit of that. I feel like the movie wants to be very uh, elegant and it wants to be, you know, it wants to be the criterion of children's movies, you know? <laughs> Like yeah. so, I would say like probably a little a halfway up the scale, maybe at a five or so. Yeah, I'm a little s- less. yeah, I'm similar. I was gonna say four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that about right. I think it does have some gravitas to it, which yes. may, you know, might think of it as is a little bit pretentious, but it, it's I I think it's it's pretty accessible, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, I, I I'm gonna say a four for yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll give it like a. I'll give it a five, but yeah, we're we're basically on the same page, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. All right. Well, we have our our new series that our new segment uh, with uh, where we try to give a pitch for a remake, uh, and this was very difficult for this one because uh, I was if I'm going to pitch a remake, I wanted to stand on its own and not just be the same movie all over again. Uh, and just have something original about it. And that's hard with this because this story has been done so many times in mm-hmm. movies. Uh, but yeah. here's what I came up with. So my, I thought of two movies involving horses recently that I personally loved. Uh, I loved Lean on Pete and I mm-hmm. loved The Mustang. And mm-hmm. I thought if you could make kind of a junior version. <laughs> uh, and so my pitch was to have the movie set in a juvenile detention center that has a wild horse program and that's like a real thing that exists and uh so these in these wild horse programs they have the uh the inmates uh work with these wild mustangs to try to help them uh become acclimated and uh and that was the story in the mustang of course that's an r-rated r-rated film but if you kind of made it uh about a teenager uh and you could have a bitter kid forced to he starts out he just has to clean up after the horses but and so he's kind of upset about it frustrated about it but he starts one night he he uh he's he has this there's this there's this horse that nobody can nobody can tame nobody can work with and he has a moment where he connects with this horse and uh, it starts to kind of change uh, his uh, life and he becomes friends with the horse and uh, it starts to give him some purpose and direction and he finds out that if he can get the horse to a certain spot in uh, in the competition at the end of the uh, they they in the mustang i'm not sure i can't remember what the there's a big event at the end where they show the horses and people can bid on them and stuff mm-hmm. and i uh, and if he can get to that point then he he will get and when he gets released he'll get an apprenticeship and he can stay with the horse and so you kind of follow him through this and hope you know that he can uh he can uh have this you know keep having this relationship with this horse um and uh and so my thought was you could have the director of the mustang make the movie (laughs) Oh, um and okay. I, I i her name is hard to say but it's something like laura de claremont tonery it's french i uh mm. but she did a great job with the mustang in my opinion and 
I think that she would do a good job with this. And I even thought you could have Matthias Schoenhardt as like his mentor. Oh, play the mentor. Okay, yeah, because okay. he's a good actor and he... he <laughs> and he um, plays the lead in the Mustang, right? Yeah. I even thought if you wanted to make it a little different, uh, yeah, he's the lead in the Mustang. You could even make it a girl, actually, oh, yeah. and have it have Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, okay. All right. Because I feel like she... I think she's a good actress and I feel like she does kind of she, like bitter wounded, you know, that whole thing, uh, her character on stranger things 11 has sort of a brooding uh, mm-hmm. quality to her. And I think that she could do a good job. I mean, uh, and so that was, that was one take and it's, it's obviously different than mm-hmm. the black stallion as far as the plot, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's kind of what I what I came yeah. up with. It's got the spirit. What would you call it? it? Little, little Mustang? Mustang Junior? <laughs> Mustang Junior. Yeah. Yeah. Something like um, the or maybe yeah. Little um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would call it. I don't know what All I would right, call well, it. But something a, like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um so did you know, actually, before I go into my pick, did you know there's a sequel to The Black Stallion called yeah. The Black Stallion Returns, which is apparently really bad. It has all bad reviews, and it's apparently they go to Morocco and someone steals the horse, and then, like, the kid needs to, like, kind of, like, goes on an adventure to to recover the horse or something. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'd read that, but, uh, yeah, that it was pretty bad. Yeah, I... I came. I did not know this at all. I came across it while trying to figure out what I would pitch for my uh, remake. Um, so what I ended up doing is I thought of my favorite part of the Black Stallion, which is the part at the beach and the first half of the movie, which is almost nearly silent. And I thought of the beautiful images in the Black Stallion, and I thought who could like recreate all this amazing imagery in a really cool way that it's different from the original, but it's still pretty uh, faithful and cool. And I thought that it should be maybe an animated movie and be uh, completely silent from beginning to end. I mean, you would have like sound effects, but um, I thought that you could really make it something kind of like WALL-E or something in which like, you know, but not only the first half would be silent, but the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it would have as as little sound as possible. And I thought the studio that could really get the incredible imagery would be uh, Leica Animation, oh. which has really uh, developed because I love stop motion. I think they have done incredible work in mixing stop motion with computers just enough that everything looks incredible, yeah. but it doesn't look too shiny and too computery, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's what, and the other thing is that the last Leica movie that I saw last year, what's it's called? The one with the missing link. missing link. So the thing about Missing Link for me was that it looked incredible, but I thought that the dialogue and the jokes were so bad and so like made me go like, oh God, why can't you just like get some better jokes? So I think mm-hmm. this is perfect because it would be silent. So <laughs> we have all of the great things that I love about Leica and none of the downsides. So that is my pitch, the silent stallion. There you go. Have you ever seen uh have you ever seen Spirit um from DreamWorks the Stallion of the Submarine? Yeah, back when it came out, so a long time ago. Yeah. Um, 
But that has a bit of a vibe like that, right? I feel like yeah. it's only narration or something like that. There, there's a little, there's narration from Matt Damon. And mm-hmm. I think a, there's, there's some dialogue, but pretty mm-hmm. minimal, pretty minimal. And uh, a, uh, I think it's underrated. I really enjoy it. Mm. But it's certainly beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I did, I didn't love the humor in Missing Link. I do agree with you. I maybe not quite as strong, uh, mm-hmm. but I just, I actually really disliked the character design. That was my biggest problem. I, oh. mm. I thought the characters were really ugly, and uh, I, <laughs> I don't know, it wasn't for me. But, um, but yeah, the animation is beautiful, and uh, and so that would be interesting. I mean, I would certainly be all over that. I would watch it. And, and uh yeah yeah you know who um, also would make an interesting version of that movie is mm-hmm. um cartoon saloon if you had like tom moore and mm-hmm. uh you know the similar because yeah. that's one thing I, I actually thought about watching black stallion was uh was song of the sea as oh. well a movie that's that's pretty morose but is also there's a there's a truthfulness and honesty mm-hmm. uh to it that and it's interesting because uh, when when I watch Song of the Sea, I think, man, this is pretty deep, pretty pretty sad. Uh, could is that going to be a problem for kids? But every child that I've known that has watched Song of the Sea has loved it and and mm. enjoyed it. So I don't think so. We don't give kids enough credit in that regard. One hundred percent, I agree. Um, the other person that I thought of, and I can't remember his name, is the guy who did the Red Turtle. I don't know if you saw that. Oh one. yeah, and that was completely silent and also very beautiful. That's a great comparison. Yeah, that's a great. And it's, it takes place at a beach and everything, so I don't know. Maybe that's too on the nose. No, yeah, that's really, really good comparison. Uh, well, yeah, I think that was pretty good. Pretty good remake suggestions. Oh, thank you. Well, so, we'll see. Well, people will let us know which one you like the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was very very disappointed that my my brilliant my brilliant pitch last lost. Well, we only have the one person respond, <laughs> I so I don't know because um, I think maybe there's some issues. It's, I'm getting an Iowa caucus feel out of this uh, yeah, situation. Maybe, yeah. So, all right uh, well, well very good. we're interested in hearing what people have to say about these pitches and mm-hmm. if you have one of your own please share it with us as well yeah. we want to hear from you that would be really really fun and so Connor, you get to pick the next movie we have some things that we're kind of uh working through some maybe a guest that we're hoping some things might be a little bit uh, different but we definitely will be covering this film whether it's this next episode or the one after that but uh but anyway what did uh did you pick for the next episode so my pick for next episode is the movie hollywood shuffle by uh robert townsend and it is a satire comedy about a black actor struggling to find roles in hollywood it's from the 1980s but it seems like it's still pretty relevant to today. And it is, I've heard really good things about it. I haven't seen it yet, but I am really looking forward to it. Um, to see the, what's up with that. So that's Hollywood Shuffle coming to you uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to it as well. And so very good. Well, Conrado, where can people, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter 
And if you want to do that, that would be at Coco Hits New York. Yes. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So make sure you check that out. And mm-hmm. you make sure that you're following us uh, on uh, on Twitter at Criterion Pod. Yes. And uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. And uh, so check that out. We'll have all the links for that in the uh, description section. So that would be great. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again in a couple weeks. See you guys. Hey, okay. bye. Bye.